Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sam. And Jocelyn. So, we have done a couple podcasts now, and we've been listening to the feedback, and people are asking questions like, okay, you've talked about your blow-up, very yep. black and white, what happened, and you talked about how great it's been. A little bit of connection, a little bit of disconnection. Um, we could probably go a little bit deeper on that too. However, some of the feedback, which I think is pretty darn accurate, is give us a little bit more bullet points, step-by-step, some of the key things that you guys went through and walked out and that pointed you in the right direction. Some of your attitudes, some of the things you walked out. So this morning, or this afternoon as we're recording this, we are going to talk about our first Sunday morning as Christians after this happened. (laughs) Why did you say that? Whoa, I, okay, because some people are not going to listen to this that are yes, Christians. Yes, true, true. Okay, I so, get what so you're saying So in my now. brain... I thought you were saying like, wow, you know... We, we're now Christians. We, <laughs> no, my thought was, what's the big deal about Sunday morning? That's true. But that's as Christians, it, Sunday morning is yeah. a big deal. It's good for context. It's good yeah. for context. Here's the Christian's process after <laughs> a big mess. So... Yeah, so I, I just want to say, yeah, someone on. did say to us like, okay, I'd love to know like 48 hours later, like week later, month later, like how were you guys doing? What was the process? And I think that's a valid question. Like mm-hmm. I would also be asking that if I was listening to someone else's story about, you know, I want to know like, mm-hmm. how did you navigate it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I've written down, what's this, eight or nine bullet points of some of the key things that really stood out to us. Yeah. Some of the prayers, some of the you know telling friends and and walking things out and so one of those was okay so the 48 hours of messaging someone else and then the following friday so a week later best part of a week later you come home yep i tell you yep anger comes out (laughs) i'm sure you were surprised at my reaction (laughs) i'm sure our neighbors were surprised (laughs) And then um, Saturday, we wake up and we have kids, so we have to do stuff. But our associate pastor sat us down in the afternoon and really walked out. We talked about it in one of the Connection podcasts about how speaking for five minutes of like, how did we get here from day one? And it was so eye-opening. Can I just be a little bit real? It was like, you know, processing pain while having kids around it's very emotional there's a certain amount where you want to protect them from the Uh pain that you're going through right and you're trying to be the best mom that you can in the midst of all these new emotions um and (laughs) i think the funniest thing on the saturday morning was you're like hey should we go to the zoo i mean just like (laughs) I just want to identify with every woman right now who would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I want to identify with every man that thinks, hey, listen, a zoo, it's, Toronto Zoo is like four hours of walking. I was thinking four hours of walking, our kids are like staring at things and we can talk. Yeah. So I, plus, I from a practical plus, sense. Plus, it's an hour drive there and an hour drive back. You're like six hours of talking. Right. So my perspective was like, are you insane? You just want to play a happy family? And like no. everything just blew up. And, and it's funny. I could see it now. But like I get it from 
the male perspective of practical, like we need the kids to be distracted and we need lots of time to talk. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that is an awful idea. Playing happy family didn't even ask you, okay, what does the zoo mean for what's just happened? Just shut down. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) So we, yeah, we managed to get the kids to my parents' house and managed to get you inside. Yeah, and we uh, we and we were ambushed by the associate pastor. And then Saturday night, we we spent a lot of time talking. That was a very healing afternoon. The listening to yes. each other was incredibly healing. Um, man, I mean, without that, I think we would have been. We ages we've down the we've road. said a lot and and. More so in, in the moment and the few weeks after, but we said a lot that that weekend we were so connected. Yeah, and we and I know that in in hard times people pull together and they bring their best, and, and yeah. we get that. But that seemed like there was thirty six hours, maybe even more, forty eight, seventy two hours, where there was a grace on us. Yeah, that was like it was almost like God was showing us this is how great your marriage could be yeah and then he pulled away and said now you have to work to get it yeah here's a taste it was a taste yeah and it was like i would say we were pressing into the pain like pressing hard like past like Mm -hmm. i'm feeling a lot of pain right now but i'm pressing forward i'm Mm -hmm. i'm i'm moving towards you Mm -hmm. as opposed to away from you and i I don't Mm -hmm. know if i mentioned this in the other podcast about wanting you to stay in the house and i'm pretty sure i did yeah but like because you had your bags packed and i was like that's pointless Mm. if we're gonna process this pain i want you present so i get why you said let's go to the zoo but at Mm. the time Mm. not a good idea so so in this moment of high Mm -hmm. you know stuff's hitting fans and flying everywhere however it was good Mm mm-hmm like we were seeing and hearing each other. Yeah. And in some respects, we were falling in love again. Yeah. And so you jump to Sunday morning. Yeah. And we wake up and we go to church. Now, what does that look like? Now, do we go to our normal church where people know us and know the story? And some are judging, some are not, some are helpful. But we don't know who's, we don't know where we are, but we're in a very raw, vulnerable spot. And we're feeling a lot of shame. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, pain, shame. Yeah. Confusion, maybe. Yeah. And as Christians, I think we were both in the place where we're like, we need God's help right now. Yeah. And we're seeking that. And we've had that from the pastors and prayer and, and our own moments. But when it comes to Sunday morning, I don't want to go to church and leave exhausted from all the conversations and managing shame and pain and all those other things so we were like let's go to this big church 45 minutes down the road where we can kind of disappear in the back of it we know a couple people but we can disappear into the back right and we know we can just get there and just immerse ourselves in worship Mm -hmm. and just cry and do whatever we need to do Mm. you know and that happened it did Do do you want to talk a little bit about that um to be honest it's actually fairly foggy for me um but why don't you share your experience so we we walk into the church and we were fashionably late because we do know a couple people there and so we didn't want to get into conversation hey why are you here this morning (laughs) um so we were fashionably late and 
um, I remember exactly the back aisle near the stairs. I remember exactly where we were. And your mom and dad had Judah and we took Gideon because he was still breastfeeding. That's right. And I remember getting out of the aisle and standing behind the chair during worship. And I was just weeping. And it was... It was so, such good tears. They weren't joyful tears. They were mourning. I was mourning, what have I done? Who have I become? Who am I? All these things I've done in the past, are they actually me? Or is this person, that 48 hours last weekend, is that the real me? Or, and another big thing in my head was, I'm I'm a fixer, and so... If the kitchen's messy, I jump in and fix it. If someone's phoning me, I'm like, how can I fix your problem? I know it's a masculine trait, but like that is who I am. And I'm confronted with that. I have to change how I think. That seems impossible. That seems so far-fetched to be able to fix okay. that, I'm, that I'm facing this as I'm in worship, thinking to myself, how? How did I get here and how do I get out of here? Yeah, I was just going to ask you, when you say I had to change the way I think, what what does that mean? I guess, I guess the way I interpret it in my head is like, which one of me is real? Um, is it that 48 hour jerk, I guess? Is it the guy that's, leading up to that <clears throat> before that like all the men's groups and all the things that you know we were involved in the worship teams and stuff or is like or do i have to f- really dig even deeper and find this not necessarily new person but just like did i get here because of the way i think do i have to change the way i think do i not have to change the way i think was it you know all these things were going through my head right. and and i'm I'm just a mess during it. Like, I don't. I don't remember who was leading the worship team. I don't remember. I don't remember the preaching or anything. And I remember just feeling like all I can do is just kneel. Right, I can't stand. I can't sit. I just can kneel. And I kneeled behind the chair and I put my head on the back of the chair. And and I felt someone's hand on my back and started praying for me. And it was probably quite obvious that we weren't doing that well. <laughs> Yeah, we're a mess. <laughs> um, but I think what you said at the beginning of this podcast is true. Like we were sitting in the pain. We were really actually sitting in the pain, um, sitting in it till we understood it, and yeah. sitting in it till we could work through it. Yeah, and allowing us to feel the feelings. And I had my eyes shut, and I remember get as this person's praying for me. Um, I remember having this picture in my mind that God was showing me how I was, I had like the armor on, like the full medieval armor on. And I was just stood behind my shield, just like, and it was just like flames and chaos and war going on around. And I was just closing my eyes, gritting my teeth. And I was stood behind this shield, just basically praying to survive. And very, very clearly God spoke to me, put your shield down and draw your sword. 
I am your defender. Wow. Do not defend yourself. And and I opened my book, I opened my Bible to um, uh, the armor of God and I kind of read through it. And there is the language there, especially when you, when you factor in, I think it's Psalm 91 or something, I can pull it out later, where he talks about his wraparound presence as our shield. And I just realized that God asked me not to defend myself. Just take everything on the chin and keep your heart soft. And that was so pivotal for me. Mm. That was so pivotal to me because I'd been in, long story short, but I'd been in this foreign country and, you know, I'm different to everyone. I think different, talk different, act different. And I had felt like such an outsider and I... I guess I was used to always defending my point of view and defending how I think and defending. The, You're talking about living in Canada. Yeah. yeah. And, and it had come to a point where now that's not, that's not, not only probably not a good idea in those past contexts, but right now that's the last thing I need to do. Right. Do not defend yourself. Do not defend, take everything on the chin and some of all of it will hurt but some of it will heal. Oh, it's good. And that pe- that person, I think it was a couple that prayed for us, wasn't it? Uh, definitely one of them prayed for us. Um, I'm pretty sure that they were praying for you at the same time. But you can't remember. I honestly, it. it's very foggy. Yeah. It was, my, my advice to people in this not obviously not the exact situation, but my advice in, in in painful, maybe even shameful situations like this is right at the front end, you need to seek God. Mm. And you need an ally, spiritually and emotionally and physically and all that, but you need you need to know God's plan for you to get out of this. I heard um, a preacher say recently that when we go into the times of wilderness or times of testing, we can't shorten those seasons, but we can lengthen them Mm. with our attitudes and our postures. And going to that church that Sunday morning was the, especially in hindsight, was the right decision to do. We were able to immerse ourselves into a spiritual atmosphere where we could seek God for his counsel and i know you said you're a bit vague and foggy on it but i remember that sunday as being hugely pivotal in in our growth and our development during that phase yeah i remember too i think that was the sunday where we went um and on the front door it said welcome home Mm. (laughs) they had just put this sign up which was like i just felt like god was speaking to me in that moment and actually it's funny because that church later on became our home church um before moving here to england so Mm -hmm. it was just like it was crazy just that whole journey um is there anything else you wanted to say about that sunday morning um no i think i think the i think the story and advice holds its own weight for people um, I know some people won't be Christians listening to this and like, that sounds so crazy or whatever, but when you believe that someone, like we're created and someone created us, he is the best at giving advice on how to fix what we've broken. Yeah. And 
And he knows what we need. You needed that. You needed, he, he showed you a vision that literally gave you something to hang on to. Yeah. And to I walk g- away from and be like, oh, wow. I guess, um, I guess what I got out of it, and this is obviously in hindsight, but it was open season on Sam. Mm. Because I'd screwed up so big, um, people, you know, kick a man while he's down, right? Like people decided to just be like, oh yeah, I already knew, or I always knew this, or you're this and you're that. And I, some, saw, that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And some of the labels and names and were so unhelpful. But God said, don't defend yourself. Don't defend yourself. Because it, it not only lengthens the process, but you'll miss those, even though they're coming from possibly a negative place. Some of them were done wise or well, but you could miss something that actually you do need to work on. Because mm-hmm. no, I wasn't perfect, no. clearly. Yeah. But God gave me a word to stand on in those moments that actually helped me take on board what I actually did need to work on and walk it out. Yeah. And I and I think, I mean, God can talk to us anywhere. I get it. But I think our choice of not going to our normal home church and being surrounded by the uncomfortable conversations and looks and everything else allowed us to actually... St- shorten not shorten that season but not lengthen the season that we were in right and I just felt like it was a strategic moment and sometimes when there's pain or you know that something needs to be done you're like right what is the best thing for us right now Mm. and that Sunday morning it was obvious it was like this is a clear yes this is the best thing yeah to choose and it didn't matter like oh but this is not our home church or oh what are those people gonna think Mm -hmm. it was like i don't care Mm -hmm. what anyone thinks you know i have an open wound and we need attention you know so we need we need to attend to this right now and so that was a strategic move i feel and um and if i can just say too on the saturday night i remember when we had connected in bed and we were talking for ages which mm-hmm. ended up in incredible connection intimately um but i just remember god saying to me like jocelyn i've given you the gift of prophecy like right now you need to prophesy over your husband mm. and um prophecy is hearing god for someone else right in, mm. in the purpose of um edifying and encouraging and and i just I just asked God to show me how he sees you. And mm-hmm. I remember speaking words over you. And I don't know if it did anything for you, but it definitely did something for me mm-hmm. to see you from his perspective mm-hmm. and not see you through the pain yep. uh, or the hurt, but to remind you and call you back to who God had called you to yeah, be yeah, yeah. Um, and to restore you to the standard of, you know, as if this had never happened. Yeah, yeah. And that's, at the end of the day, like true forgiveness when you're repentant, right? God does restore it. You triggered something in me when you said um, open wound. I think that's such a good analogy because um, when you when you're sick, like you know, you got a 
heavy cold or something you go to your doctor that knows you you know mm-hmm. you consistently go to the same doctor but when you're in a car crash you go to a and e yeah you don't go to your normal doctor yeah right and i think that we were in a car crash like this is not a casual yeah situation we were in a car crash yeah. and we needed to see the the specialist <laughs> specialist essentially right yeah. and so yeah. we went to a church that would allow us to focus in and yeah. meet with a specialist so to speak yeah i think that's a really good analogy yeah and as well as doing this we were attending counseling and stuff and um well that came that came after yeah yeah and, we'll, and we will talk about that yeah and um i think the whole healing at home which is what we'll probably talk about in our next podcast is our pastor asked us would you heal at home yeah. and i think that brought another level of healing in that process like facing familiar people facing yeah. the situation yeah. um and healing at home just this is where we're known this is where the mess is this is you know and facing it as opposed to ignoring it avoiding it running from it but staying the course yeah. and um it was so healing in walking out forgiveness yeah um yeah that's cool thank you for listening everyone good um, stuff not too sure when this will be uploaded but when it is enjoy thank you for joining us on this journey and we'll be back with some more bye <laughs>